Welcome to Technology Forward, where we explore trends and developments in the additive manufacturing industry. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. I'm Leslie Langnaw, your host. When it comes to making a designed part, you have several choices. Traditional machining, which covers a range of options, injection molding, and now additive manufacturing. Even more recently, though, is the trend of combining metal fabrication and additive manufacturing to make parts. Jim Belosik, founder and CEO of Send, Cut, Send, is here with me today to discuss these choices. Send, Cut, Send is a high-tech cloud-based manufacturing company specializing in the precision cutting of a variety of metals and aerospace materials. Jim often found himself in need of specialized materials in small quantities to finish his personal projects, but metal fabrication vendors were only willing or able to handle large orders. So Jim saw an opportunity to create an on-demand laser cutting service, and that's how he started Send, Cut, Send. Jim has since discovered that many designers need to combine multiple types of manufacturing processes to make their prototypes or final parts. So thank you for joining me, Jim. Yeah, thank you for having me. So let's get started with, first of all, how can a designer use both traditional subtractive and additive technologies together to make a part? We really see that designers are, are combining both, you know, subtractive and additive in some really, you know, unique ways that we never expected to see. It's, it's really a hybrid of the, the positive qualities of both techniques. So you can take the strength and, you know, weldability or, or machining ability of, of steel or aluminum, and then combine that with the absolutely unlimited design flexibility of additive manufacturing. So for example, in a drone, you may need high strength in one area, and then it needs to mount to some kind of crazy camera mount or something with this really complex geometry. Mm -hmm. That's where we see a combination of say, 6061 T6 aluminum that has been overmolded with a 3D print so that it can mount like a camera gimbal or something like that. Okay, so you're looking at a lot of overmolding options as a way of putting in the 3D printing aspect to things? Yeah, yeah, we see um, overmolding and uh, almost like a tab and slot approach or okay. a, what we call a puzzle piece approach. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on the capabilities of the additive process and, and how, um, how experimental that, that person is willing to get. One of the best methods that we've seen is stopping mid-print and inserting the, uh, you know, the, the metal piece or okay. you know, the, the non-additive and then continuing the print. There's risk of nozzle collisions and, uh, and I think you have to you know, plan your, your slices really accurately. Uh, but it's been really successful because it allows really robust hardware to be mounted. We've seen applications where people are using the inherent magnetism of steel uh, in order to, to mount their 3D print, uh, or they're perhaps embedding like a Hall effect sensor, something like that. So I think we've just started to scratch the surface on, on what's capable. Now, is this combination of additive and traditional machining technologies, are these for prototypes or are these for end-use parts? Both. Both. We, we've actually seen, I'd say 95% of our customers start out with a prototype and after a couple of refinements, then we'll go into production. So we've created, you know, a single part for a single customer or 
you know, a hundred thousand parts for a, for a single customer. It just really depends on, on their end use. The, the limitation that, that we find is usually in the speed of the additive process. Ah. Uh, we can produce thousands and thousands of parts relatively quickly, but mm-hmm. to then 3D print, uh, overmold, or, or puzzle piece them together can, can be uh, prohibitive. Yeah, that's, that's always still a key issue with um, additive manufacturing is it's not quite as fast as, let's say, a stamping process. Correct. Um, the stamping is, you know, amazing as far as how many parts you can put out. Yeah. However, the setup and initial investment is also kind of through the roof. Right. Uh, so to, just to get that stamping line going, like the first, you know, 500 pounds of material that come out are, are going to be waste. So what's nice is with the new, you know, fiber lasers that we run, uh, our cutting speed is somewhere around 2000 inches per hour, depending on the Ooh. material or I'm sorry, 2,000 inches per minute, uh, depending on the material. And really our loading time uh, because of our software is, is measured in you know, seconds, not, not hours. So it's, it's relatively easy for us to, to change materials, to change jobs and, and eliminate some of that downtime. But you know, again, without multiple machines, the, the additive side tends to be the bottleneck. Yeah. Now let's go back to the materials part, portion of things. So whether an engineer is using either something for a prototype or end use, what are the key issues regarding materials for these combination processes? Yes, one, one design concern would be exposure to moisture. Even if it's an over-molded process or it's going to be fully embedded, if you use just mild steel, uh, there is still the, uh, the opportunity for rust to form over time. So we highly recommend using you know, stainless steel or aluminum for, for longevity. Uh, another concern uh, that we've seen when trying to do overmolding is the use of copper can yield some really unexpected results. During the 3D printing process, if you're using a, a hot melt adhesive or a hot melt you know, print, the copper can absorb so much of that heat that it can have really, really unexpected effects you know, halfway through the the printing process, all of a sudden the bed will go super, super cold and, you know, there's massive problems. Uh, (laughs) Copper is just incredibly conductive and uh, it'll steal heat away from anything. If you've ever tried to braise copper, um, the amount of heat that you can put into it is absolutely through the roof. So that's a factor a designer might need to consider. Yes, very much. Uh, And it's, it's going to take some, some trial and error. You know, what we've seen is every, uh, every single additive machine handles heat a little bit differently or is sensitive to heat differently. Um, so we always recommend, you know, we're happy to provide some sample pieces uh, so that people can, can try different techniques and um, see what's going to work best for their particular application. Interesting. So that takes us to the question of what are some key design tips for projects that require multiple combinations of manufacturing methods in order to make the part either as a prototype or as an end use? You know, at this stage of, uh, of development, our, our biggest advice is, is experiment. And we're always, we're always really happy to see how these projects come, come out and we want to learn more too. So, you know, we have engineers in house that are playing with, with these things every single day, but when it comes to our customers, we always love to offer, you know, sponsorships or discount codes or gift cards or whatever. If they're, if they're going to work on something, 
I, I want to be part of that process. So if you're going to do one material, just talk to us, talk to our application engineers and let's send you five materials to try um, and let's see what works best. I'm hoping that in, you know, a, a few months or, or a year, we'll have some better guidelines on how to design. Um, but right now it's like every single time we do something, it's, it's <laughs> kind of new and it maybe has a, a positive quality and a negative quality. I think uh, designers would love to experiment, but I think the first question they're going to ask is, okay, what's the cost of yeah. having to experiment? <laughs> For sure. Um, we we kind of have a hard stop with a, a minimum order of, of $29 because uh, we offer free shipping. You know, it's free FedEx, two-day shipping. So a, a single part could be $29, but oftentimes uh, because of our, our pricing model, you can fit 10 or 15 parts uh, and it's still 29 bucks. Uh, mm -hmm. Pricing goes way, way down with quantity. So uh, at larger quantities we're as low as, you know, 50 to, to 45 cents a part, you know, depending on the material and, and what the geometry looks like. That being said, additive alone, as far as filament use, as far as, uh, you know, time and everything, if you can add part of your structure with subtractive machining, then, it can save a ton of time and a ton of money. Um, we've had customers who are creating parts that have a, kind of a large footprint, but the only part that needed to be uh, 3D printed was was maybe you know a couple cubic inches. So we can provide them with you know say this big chunk of aluminum that's you know a foot long and you know 18 inches wide with all this geometry cut out of it, and then they can add their little you know widget on the end. It saves them you know, days and days of machine time. So the, the cost ends up being, you know, negligible. Do you offer um, like advice or consulting to guide an engineer in that when they present you a design to you? Can you kind of work with them through like, well, maybe this part ought to be machined and then this part ought to be additive? Oh yeah, for sure. We have uh, five or six application engineers on staff that, that just work with customers all day. And then we also, you know, treat our own facility as a, as a lab, you know, kind of like a hobby shop where we're always making our own projects and experimenting too. So <laughs> we're not exactly experts, but we may have some experience that, that we can provide. Well, you're, you're taking advantage of additives ability to allow people to fail faster and get to a, a winning design that much quicker. For sure. That, that's a, that's an amazing way of, of putting it. Um, Sometimes with, with traditional, you know, three axis or five axis milling, mm -hmm. the cost can be so prohibitive mm -hmm. or the part just may not be able to be made um, because of the geometry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that keeps people from making their project a reality. And we really want to eliminate that. You know, our goal is even if you have to make a couple compromises, at least we're enabling you to get something out there uh, so mm -hmm. that you can iterate and, uh, and hopefully, you know, get it on the shelves. Well, experiment is definitely the key, especially still with additive because it's so new. Yeah. Um, and there's so many different filaments and, and additives and processes mm -hmm. coming out on a daily basis. Um, you know, sintering and, and all the different you know, metal powders and all this stuff is coming out. I think it's always going to be, you know, experimentation, but that's kind of what we love. You know, if, if uh, we didn't experiment anymore, I think this job would get really boring. <laughs> So how often are you seeing projects that require both machining or 3D printing, or instead of maybe the word require, would benefit from both types 
or multiple types? I would say on a, on a daily basis, for sure. Um, wow. We have a lot of customers that, uh, that make, you know, drones and robotics and um, automation, you know, they're in the automation industry. Mm-hmm. And almost, almost daily, we see something with, uh, with some specific geometry that, that we go, oh, I bet that this is going to be part of, of uh, additive process as a, as a secondary process. Sometimes we'll reach out to that customer and, you know, say, hey, keep us posted on how this works or let us know what you need. Oftentimes, because of our automation, orders come through and if they're greenlit, you know, they get packed up and we don't get to see them. But on the, the chance that we can go down on the production line and, and see something and go, oh, this looks like it's a puzzle piece where it's going to get fit into a, a 3D print, it, it really piques our curiosity. So um, we love to stay in touch with those customers and, and kind of uh, collaborate. Okay. So those were basically the questions I had, but this is an opportunity for you to maybe uh, say something that an engineer might not normally consider. Yeah, I I would say one of the the things that's been really interesting to us lately is uh, the combination of taking our metals, a plus additive, and then adding uh, one more step, which would be welding. And it scares people uh, because, you know, you don't want to add a bunch of welding heat near mm-hmm. an additive process. But we've been experimenting with some of the, the cooling techniques that welders use in order to keep the heat affected zone minimalized. Hmm. And it's been it's been kind of kind of cool. Uh, we've seen some robotics applications where the entire chassis is a, is a welded structure, uh, but they need to add a... Uh, a 3D print somewhere uh, in a very robust method. So they'll, they'll overprint the 3D onto the metal, but then leave out, you know, kind of a, what we call a tongue um, or, a, or a tab that's a couple inches long mm-hmm. that can then be welded. During the welding process, you keep it cool with like wet clay, uh, wet fiberglass, mm-hmm. something like that to keep the heat from, from migrating. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a really, really cool way of, of mounting a 3D print um, you know, it's like, it's like welding your 3d print onto something. And it's, it's, (laughs) I think the possibilities are going to be really, really cool. Yeah. I think that's something that the average designer probably would not consider off the top of their heads. Yeah. (laughs) We've just played with, uh, with adhesives. Um, and you can go really, really far with adhesives, but sometimes, uh, Good old welding is is the way to go, especially because you can engineer against it um, much easier than some of the modern adhesives. Fascinating. Well, Jim, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks again for having me. This was great. Why don't you give us your website? Sure. It's sendcutsend.com. And you can also reach our support team and application engineers anytime at support at sendcutsend.com. 